on, come on. Man, it is great to be here with all of you this morning. Good morning, church. It's a, it's a fun day, Sunday fun day. Jerry said that earlier, Pastor Dre did. And I, it's fun because we have a chance to come together as, as God's church to sing praises to Father, right, and celebrate life change to his son, Jesus Christ. And it's something we'll always celebrate and we always will have fun doing. Good morning to all of you who are joining us online. We hope you're doing well. We'd love to have you with us. So if you want to jump out of your pajamas and join the second service, come on in, right? right? Or join us next week, whatever is most convenient for you. If you're new with us, welcome. Welcome to Vertical Church, man. We love the fact that you are here today. We've been praying for you to come. We're excited that you are here. Man, I hope, I hope today's a God-awesome day for you. I hope today's a God-awesome day for you that you experience the love of God in a very personal way in your life and you walk out here knowing how much he loves you. Well, today we're in week two of this series called Throwing Shade. Um, it's a series that, if, if I'm honest, we're walking into. It's not the most comfortable series for us to walk through, is it, church? Um, because we're finding out it's completely relevant. Last week, I, we, I had you raise your hands. And how many here, we're actually doing it again today. How many here is your mouth has gotten you in trouble in life? Yeah, <laughs> look around the room. Shoot, that's all of us, right? We, something came out of our mouths at some point in our lives that hurt somebody else. Right, that it tore someone down, that, that disrespected someone, or we spoke at some point in our life and we ended up at the office. This guy, Dr. Moss at elementary school, and I were really good friends because I would just speak out in class, say whatever I want, and she's like, Rich, what are you doing? You want me to talk to your mom about this? My mom was the president of the school board. And she goes, Do your mom know how you talk? I'm like, Duh. I live with her. She knows how I talk. Detention. So, yeah, it never works out well when you just kind of speak out things like that. Our mouths get us into trouble. Um, words are powerful, right? Our words are powerful. Actually, King Solomon tells us in the book of Proverbs that what comes out of our mouths is the power of life and death. That's crazy. The power of life and death. Now, I want to be clear here this morning. There could be spoken words, they could be typing words, or they can be signed words, right? It's no matter how we communicate or it's what we communicate is powerful. Now, the words have power to lift people up, or they have words have power to tear people down. And what we have to figure out as we walk through this series, what kind of people do we want to be? Do we want to be people who lift others up, or do we want to be people who tear others down? You know, Jesus clarifies this. He clarifies the problem by revealing that the problem doesn't resonate at our mouth. The problem goes much deeper into our lives. And it starts at the heart. In fact, he says in Matthew chapter 12, for out of the mouth, for out of the mouth, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So what he's saying is that what's at the core of who we are, what we're truly thinking is what comes falling out of our mouth, through our lips, and that wagging muscle called a tongue. And later on in chapter 12, he says, we will be held accountable for every empty word that we say. Now, I, I'm almost 50, and I think about my 50 years, I've got a lot of accountability to Jesus for some things I said. It's crazy, right? It's absolutely crazy. So at the center of this series is one core verse, and it's this. It's Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. You can see it on the screen. It says, Do not let any wholesome talk come out of your mouth, 
but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that may benefit those who listen. If we live this one verse out, if we applied it to our lives, our lives would be radically different. How we engage with people would be different. How we show the love of Jesus with people would be different. How we look like the light of Jesus in our workplace, in our classroom, right? No matter where we are would be different if we just watched our mouths. Amen? Amen. Well, this morning, we're going to continue to dig in. We're going to continue to dig in and at those unwholesome words that be coming in our mouth by confronting the idea of a lie. Lying is so easy to do. And for the past several weeks, I've been racking my mind trying to figure out why. Why is it so easy for us to lie? Every single one of us in this room, I'm sorry to say this, we have lied at one point in our lives. We have. Let me just give you an example. You were pulled over by the police. Right? You're driving down the road and you see the lights go on and you get pulled over and the officer walks up and you roll your window down and he says, or she says, hey, do you know why he pulled you over? I have no idea, officer. <laughs> That's a lie! You know full well that you're doing 65 and a 30 <laughs> on the way to church. Right? It's so easy. I have no idea. That is not the truth. It's so easy to lie. In all reality, lying has become or becoming an epidemic in our society. What I find is absolutely crazy is that it's, it's becoming socially accepted, a cultural norm, and that most of us have been desensitized by it. We expect to be lied to. And there's this crazy idea in our world that lying is no big deal. Now, lying comes in many forms. To clarify this, it comes up in cover-ups, exaggerations, fabrications, fraud, omission, half-truths, or outright being deceitful, perjury. And then here's my favorite. Here's my favorite. It's just a little white lie. Come on, Rich. It's just a little white lie. It's like we put this word white in front of it to make them think that it's a pure lie. Like it's oh, it's just so pretty. It's white. It's pure. No, it's a lie. Right? The purity of white, this white lie is completely an oxymoron. The world thinks that lying is okay. The world in society and culture, lying is not a big deal. But as I open the word of truth, if you were to read your Bibles, there it is today, church, read your Bibles. If you open it up and read, you see that that's not how God feels about it. God feels completely different when it comes about lying. Look at this on the screen, Proverbs 12, verse 22. It says, the Lord detests lying lips. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. The Lord detests lying lips. This word detests gives the idea that lying makes God sick. He despises it. He hates it. it extremely, it's extremely offensive to him. He has hostility towards lying. 
And if we, his church, those that said yes to Jesus Christ, ever think that it's lying is not a big deal, man, we have completely missed the heart of God in this issue. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in. It gives him great joy. It gives him great pleasure. It pleases him when we speak the truth. And if we, those who said yes to Jesus, we're followers of Jesus Christ, right? That is our goal, man. That is, that is our target. That is where we want to be. We desire for our Heavenly Father to look down into our lives, not only please what's coming out of our mouths, because our hearts are right, and what we say is true. And perhaps, perhaps, one of the reasons God hates lying so much is because our spiritual enemy, one who God created, one who turned his back on who God himself, the prince of darkness, is the great deceiver himself. Right? The devil lie is his greatest weapon. We are his biggest target. Let me say that again. With the devil, lying is his greatest weapon, and we are his biggest target. So this morning, I want to see if we can shed some light on this darkness. I don't know if you want to be with me or not, but I'm going to do that. Open your Bibles, if you would, to John chapter 8. John chapter 8, we're starting at verse 42 this morning. John chapter 8, verse 42. If you grabbed one of those orange Bibles when you came in this morning, you, you saw them on a table and you grabbed one, you'll find it on page 731. By the way, if you saw those Bibles and you wonder what they're for and you want a Bible because you don't have one, grab one on the way out. That's a gift to you. If you saw those Bibles and you grabbed it and brought it in with you and you have it in your hands, take it with you. It's a gift to you. It's our desire for you to have a copy of God's Word because God's Word directs us in life as followers of Jesus Christ. So as we get there this morning, Book of John was written by a guy named of John, right? John is one of Jesus' closest friends. In fact, if you read, John says one of Jesus loved the, one of Jesus loved the most, the one he loved, like he had this special relationship with Jesus. Um, John was an eyewitness to the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, He was a witness to everything awesome in between, right? Every life-changing moment that happened when when Jesus was here on earth. And what John did is he wrote it down through the power of the Holy Spirit. And as you and I are stepping in in John chapter 8 this morning, and this passage this morning, Jesus is in the middle of a dispute of a group of Jews. He said, okay, this is who they really belong to. This is is what he's telling them. And then he's also revealing who his real opponent is to his ministry. So we step in this morning, you got John chapter 8, verse 42, or you can follow along on the screen. Jesus said to them, if God were, were your father, you would love me, for I have come here from God. I have not come on my own, God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? I love it, he asked the question, he answered it, because you are unable to hear what I say. Then he goes on in verse 44, it says, you belong to your father, the devil. You want to carry out your, own, your father's desires. Well, who, your father, well, he was a murderer from the beginning, 
not holding to the truth. In fact, there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of all lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Oh man, let's stop right there. Jesus got up front and real with these people, right? He just threw down the gauntlet. He says, you don't understand me because you are not with me. You're not with me because you belong to the Father. You want to carry out his desires, his plans, and speak his language. And your father is Satan himself. Ouch. That's crazy. And here's what Jesus is saying. Here's what This is an application for you and I. We are never more like the devil than when we lie. We are never more like the devil, the great deceiver, the father of lies, than when we lie. That is crazy convicting if you ask me. When we lie, we speak Satan's language. We speak his native tongue. We're acting like him. We're working for his side. Not for the things of truth and light, but the things for lie and darkness. When we lie, we're never more like him. And let me just tell you, that is his plan. That's what he desires. That's what he's been playing it out in our lives since the beginning, since he was thrown out of heaven. And what he's doing is he's still sucking in humanity today. Friends, hear me on this. Satan wants you to lie. He wants you to lie. He desires you to lie. He works it in front of your lives. This is what he loves for you to do. This is the pathway he wants you to take. He wants you to lie. He wants you to work for him and not for God. He wants you to speak his language. And when we choose to speak his language and we lie, it's a win for him. It could be simply as exaggerating in a story to make us look good. I once caught a fish this big. Right? It could be cheating on a test. It could be fudging on our time cards at work to get better pay or on our taxes to get a better return. It could be flat out not telling the truth. Let me just show you, again, how easy it is to bait us into lie. Does this make me look fat? <laughs> Don't ever answer that question. It's a trap. All right? Come on. Several years ago, several years ago, I was doing a men's Bible study, and we were walking through a book, Disciplines of a Godly Man, and I'm sitting in these these group of men in a, living, in a room in our home talking about becoming men of integrity. What does that look like? And telling them, say, listen, you need to talk the truth, right? Being a man of integrity means we're men who tell the truth. And I had this guy who come up to me and said, Rich, Rich, um, I kid you not. He goes, you mean when my wife asks me if she looks nice in what she's wearing, you want me to tell the truth? I said, yeah, I do. You should have seen the fear in his face. (laughs) 
here's the thing. At some point in his life, in his relationship with his wife, which he is one with, he decided it would be better to lie to her than to be honest and tell her the truth in love. No, dear, that's really not my favorite outfit. That's okay. You can say that. It's not offensive. What's offensive? Say, oh, you look great. And if you're lying, you're speaking Satan's words right out of our mouths. He wants us to lie. He wants us to lie because he knows when we do, we are more like him than like Jesus. He knows it's really easy for us to do. And here's the fact, friends. When we lie, we dishonor God. We're also dishonoring the person we're lying to. When we lie, we're, we're, not, we're disrespecting, disvaluing God, our relationship with God. We're also disvaluing the person we're speaking to that we're lying to. And Satan is having a party every single time. Because Satan knows the progression. He understands that once we start, it's a slippery slope, like we keep on going down. He knows the progression will take place because simply when we lie, when we continue to lie, we'll end up deceiving ourselves. We'll end up deceiving ourselves. Not only did Satan deceive a third of the angels to follow him, not only does he deceive us, but in his leading, in our following, speaking his language, his tongue, we end up deceiving ourselves. We start becoming someone that God never intended us to be, but it's right where Satan wants us to be. He gets us to lie, and he starts getting us to lie to ourselves. Because we start lying to ourselves, we start rationalizing our lies. We think that what we're saying is no big deal, it's all good. Then when we get caught in a lie, what do we do? We double down. We, we lie again to cover the lie. And before we do it again and again and again and again to cover this lie, this lie, this lie, this lie, this lie. And before you know it, we have no idea what the truth is because we've lied so much. We deceive ourselves. That's okay. Listen, if we just tell the truth, we never have to remember what we say. And when we're at this point, Satan has his grips on us. And we forget who we are. We forget whose we are. And the voice of truth, the voice of reason, can no longer hit the drums of our ears. That is a dangerous place to be. If you look back at verse 42 and 43, it says, If God was your father, you would love me. For I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. This is, this is why my language is not clear to you, because you are unable to hear what I say. He wants us to lie. He leads us to deceive ourselves. And then he wants to start messing with our lives, the continuous walking down that lying path. Lying is living in darkness. And we're living in darkness. We feel like there's no way out. Obviously, this is not everyone here, but I'm sure some of us deal with these, some of these things, that we start living a lie. When you're walking through life and people see you on the outside and think that you have it all together, but inside you're falling apart. 
You show up here on a Sunday morning, you got smiles all over your faces, but inside you're wrecked. Where you show up at your small group, and you, have, and you laugh, and you enjoy your time with people, then you walk out the doors, and you're fighting depression, and you're still feeling loneliness inside. Maybe others think you have this perfect marriage, but at home is a total different story. You don't talk. You argue all the time. You're sleeping in separate beds. Maybe in school, you're, you're seen as a cool kid. You're seen as the popular kid, the in-crowd kid. Or you're telling everyone around you that everything looks okay and everything's okay, but inside, as a student, you are fighting. They even put a face, a smile on your face. Or you're a completely different person when you're not with them. You put a show. Friends, this is living a lie. And the great deceiver, Satan, our enemy, wants us to believe that's all we are. He leads us to lie. He teaches us to start deceiving ourselves that all we deserve. That's all we're good for. He wants us to keep us to ourselves. He wants us to keep us alone. Make us feel like no one cares for me. That's a lie. One of my greatest fears is that the devil, the father of lies, has some of those who I care for deceived that they're, that they're a Christian. That they're a follower of Jesus. But there was a never point in your life where you prayed and surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. And make him your Lord and Savior. That's one of my greatest fears. Too many people... I've had too many conversations think that coming to church, I'm good with God because I come to church. I'm good with God because I serve in a ministry. I'm good with God because I'm a good person. I walk little old ladies across the street. I throw some bucks in the offering, but that plate just went by. People think that's what it means to get to heaven. Let me just tell you, there is only one way to through the Father, and that is through Jesus Christ. And the devil, Satan, our enemy, has too many people deceived. They're going to spend an eternity in heaven. God says, hey, get away from me. I never knew you. It's not about all these good things that we do. Only way to the Father is through Jesus. A confessed life. A professed life, a surrendered life, that is what leads us to salvation. Nothing, nothing, nothing else. So here's what I want to hear you today. I want you to hear today. No matter how you fall in the progression of these lies, lying to others, lying to yourself, living a lie, or being outright deceived in your relationship with God, this is for you, this is for you. You need to hear this this morning. The truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. 
The truth will set you free. Jesus started this whole conversation, right? I started later in this passage on purpose with a proclamation, man. He, you go backwards in, in the verses, you'll see this in verse 31 where he says, the Jews who had been believed him said, if you hold to my truth, this is Jesus talking, if you hold to my truth, my teaching, you are my disciples, and then you know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If you hold to my teaching, you're really to my disciples, and you will know the truth. And the truth will set us free. There is freedom in the truth. Living in the truth, we experience freedom. Living in the truth that Jesus saves, we experience freedom in life. Freedom from death. With lying, living a lie, holding to lie, believing a lie, all that kind of stuff, man, that just brings bondage. It holds us back. It tears us apart. Satan got thrown down, and when we believe all the lies and living a lie, man, he is bringing us with him. And in Jesus, there is truth. He doesn't tear us down, man. I hear us read scripture all the time, and he lifts us up. A long time ago, I had a, a good friend of mine. His name is JR. And this is when we lived up in upstate New York. JR was my landlord, he was my co worker, and he was my friend. And I, Steph and I rented a house that was right in front of theirs. So we had all these connections with him, worked with him all day long. We'd go on trips out of town together. He was a good friend of mine. But Jer had a problem. He lied all the time. He thought that he needed to seek, account, seek approval of all these people, so he lied all the time. Lied to his wife. He lied to his kids. He lied to me. He lied to his boss. He lied over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And he had no idea what the truth was anymore. And one day he got so lost, so alone, he thought he had no else to turn. He tried to commit suicide. He tried to take his life. Went and visited him in the hospital. I said, bud, what are you doing? He said, I don't know how to stop. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go from here. And I looked at my, my friend in the face and said, you need the truth. You need the truth. You need to speak the truth. You need the truth. And God allowed me to spend, we had a trip lined up when he got out of the hospital we spent four days on the road together where I was to speak the gospel and the truth into his life over and over and over again. And one morning he came to me, went to go get coffee and breakfast together, and he said, listen, I just prayed to give my life to Jesus Christ. His whole world changed. He didn't walk away from his wife. He didn't walk away from his family. He came back to work. Because the truth set him free. Satan knows, friends, 
He already knows that he is lost. And his sole desire is to take so many of us with him, take us down. He loves to destroy lives. Lying is his greatest weapon. And we are his biggest target. And what we need to do is open our eyes. The spiritual battle that every single one of us face every single day. Remember, our fight is not against flesh and blood, right? It's against the principalities of darkness. And if we have found ourselves entangled in bondage of lies, then we need to stop right now, right here, and make a change. Jesus says very clearly that if we confess our sin, the sin of lying, or any other sin in our lives. He is faithful and just and forgives us our sins and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Jesus says, if the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. So church, I need to ask you this morning, What do you need to be set free from? What form of lie is sitting in your life? The lies that you speak? The lies that have been spoken to you that you're living? Maybe it's a lie that you think that you actually have a relationship with Jesus Christ and you've never surrendered your life. What do you need to be set free from today? Because I guarantee one thing. Satan's been working on your heart so long, so, so deep, that you may be thinking there's no way out, that Jesus wouldn't forgive you, that why would he want to have that relationship with you, or you've hurt too many people, so why turn around now? Let me just tell you that again, Satan is whispering in your ear. This is this church. God is present. And if you have a relationship with Jesus, the Holy Spirit is residing in you. We just sang a song, right? The one who's in us is more powerful. Why well, say we start living that out? not in my notes, but I was just thinking this morning, you know, when Moses started building the tabernacle, they used the word sanctuary. I said, that was very interesting. Because churches for a long time called their auditoriums sanctuaries. This idea of sanctuary or sacraments is sacred. And the idea of sacred is means the presence of God is there. That was happening in the tabernacle. The presence of God was there. 
Well, just because we call this an auditorium doesn't mean the presence of God is not here. So what do you need to be freed from today? Don't hold back. Let Jesus set you free. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy, mercy, your, your grace in our lives. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for setting us free from our sin. Thank you for setting us free from death. God, as we idea of this unwholesome talk that comes out of our mouth in a form of a lie. God, I pray that you are convicting us right now in this room. That if we just, one of those people who, who decide to not speak the truth, that you'll shut our mouths. If we're one of those people who are not living the truth, we're hiding what's going on in our lives and we can use mouth, God, I pray that you open our mouths. And God, if we're in this room right here this morning and we've never surrendered your, our lives to you, God, I pray that you help us get out of our seats and come forward in a minute to surrender our life to Jesus Christ. Your word is clear. The truth will set us free and let the freedom ring here in your church this morning, Lord. And right now I'm going to ask our prayer team to come forward. And no matter where you're at or what you're feeling or what you're walking through, man, this morning, if it's the day you want freedom, I'm going to ask you to come after service and be prayed over, prayed with, and experience the freedom of Jesus Christ. Forgiveness of sins. And if you're in this room and you're ready to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, let me just tell you, you can't turn from this world On your own strength. You can't turn and live a life of glory without the glory living within you. And the only way you get that is through surrendering your life to Christ. So that that's you this morning, I'm, I'm going to encourage you to come forward. Come to our prayer team. Say, look, and I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. I want to surrender it all to the King of Kings. I want to be with him in heaven. I want to experience the freedom that he offers. Come forward. Don't walk out of those doors and engage life again without having this personal, loving relationship with your Lord and Savior. God, I thank you for making it clear. The world has so grayed this area of speaking the truth. So grayed of great this area of what is truth. I'm so thankful that your word is very clear that it's you and we find it as you write to us this love letter called scripture. May we be set free through the power of your son's name, I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless church. Have an amazing week.